Zeal for my Father's house has consumed me. How much more should we say zeal for God's word has consumed me? He loves the little ones and he loves this and this perversion is pulling us down. It'd be better for you if you were not even born. A millstone hung around your neck and cast into sea than to lead one of these little ones astray. Our silence speaks volumes. Don't be mean, don't be angry, don't be violent, but for the love of God, be bold and say, you are perverted, you will not hurt our children. If that offends you, good, good, I'm glad that offends you. Thank you for joining us here at Westside Christian Fellowship, located in Leona Valley, California, one hour north of Los Angeles. Today on Regaining Lost Ground, we hear the third part of this fiery message from Pastor Shane titled, The Unholy Trinity 666, Revelation 13. Matthew 6, 24 tells us that no one can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will be loyal to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and the world. Today, Pastor Shane sounds the alarm and is shaking both sleepy believers and unbelievers alike to wake up. There is a right side and a wrong side. The question is, will you spend eternity with God or an eternal torment without Him? Listen up right now. Choose this day whom you will serve. You can hear the whole message at Pastor Shane's YouTube and Rumble channels. Make sure to subscribe today. For more information, visit us online at westsidechristianfellowship.org. We also encourage you to hear more truth from Pastor Shane with the Idleman Unplugged weekly podcast. And now, from Westside Christian Fellowship in Leona Valley, California, here's Pastor Shane Idleman. So something has to happen that is just completely miraculous. So they worship the dragon who gave authority to the beast. And they worship the beast saying, who is like the beast? Who is able to make war with him? So this person rises up and the world begins to follow him. They marvel and follow. Again, wounded literally or it could be geographically. Um, We don't know exactly what this one world system is. I'm actually kind of concerned with AI. I mean, it can make you your face on this person talk your word, you know, saying this and, and all these computer generated, they call it the deep fake now. Have you heard of that? Where you can actually literally impersonate someone. And with AI, who knows where this will go? That's artificial intelligence. Here's why AI may be extremely dangerous by Tamlin Hunt. The idea that this stuff could actually get smarter than people, I thought was way off. Obviously, I no longer think that, said Jeffrey Hinton, one of Google's top artificial intelligence scientists. In testing GPT-4, it performed better than 90% of human test takers on the bar exam. We won't be able to simply hit the off switch because the super intelligent AI will have thought of every possible way that we might do that and take action to prevent being shut off. Now, I don't completely understand. I don't think anybody does. I mean, a computer cannot be like a person. God created the, the emotion, the thinking, the mind. The mind, if you, if you 
study what they call um, you know neuroscience and 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 uh, follow Dr. Huberman sometimes from I think Stanford on the, and the brain is so complex it's amazing I still don't know how these guys can think believe in evolution there's no God it's just so he does and I think he's coming around but um, but they do all this programming into this this huge computer system and the algorithms and the and we we don't know what could happen it could be very very dangerous this could play a role in end times um, uh, theology absolutely so could they follow this ai generated leader and we don't know we do know what to watch out for if we're here i guess if we're not here then we don't have to, you know what for those of you who don't think we're here just go like this but actually you might need to pass the CD on to others who will be here. So we find here from this, the remnant will not follow, the remnant will not follow this Antichrist. And I gave a lot of references there. These people worship the dragon, but follow the beast. So isn't that interesting? They're worshiping the dragon, like Satan, which is spiritual, but they're following the beast, which is a literal person. And so both things will take place. And there will be no such thing as neutral worship during this time. Because right now, even in the past, you can kind of, kind of stay neutral, right? You know, we don't know where a person's at. But the more things come out, and what we saw, especially during COVID and with all these other LGBTQ issues or um, on the abortion industry and all the, the churches that are, that are silent and condoning versus those who are, do you see the divide going on? And, you know, at what point will you have to pledge your allegiance to either God or the world system? It's not unheard of. Remember Rome under Caesar Nero? Nero was his name, Caesar was his title. Or we see throughout history that you'd have to give allegiance. Hell Caesar. In Nazi Germany, there was no more neutral worship or neutral allegiance. They worship the beast. Same thing happens now when Satan elevates an athlete or an entertainer. <laughs> Uh-oh, let that sink in. Think about that. Satan elevates someone, and we run into somebody. I run into LeBron James in the airport. Oh my goodness, I, can't, I couldn't contain myself. <laughs> Look at all that old footage with Elvis. Those women, man. And guys do the same thing with their favorite athlete, right? Or their, their, their favorite singer, and... and Satan can be working in these people often demonically. And then we begin to worship what he's doing. Think about all these people are going to tell people who to vote for at some point. You don't think Taylor Swift's going to come out and tweet her favorite candidate? That the, the, the enemy uses, and God uses people too as well, praise God for that, but we're not to worship them. That's the difference. Never worship a person. They are fallen just like you and just like me. Revelation 13, 5-6. And he was given a mouth, so now he has a voice, speaking what? Great things and blasphemies. 
And he was given authority to continue for 42 months. And again, this would take a while again to break down the three and a half year period, and I'll get to it as we, as we go throughout Revelation. But then he opened his mouth in blasphemy against God. So for those believers who are here, this will not be hard to uh, spot. And I know a lot of people sometimes get worried. I don't, I don't want to accidentally take the mark of the beast. <laughs> Trust me, you will not, according to the Bible, it will not be an accident. Oops. Oops. And that came up, and i got to be careful on the wording for radio and YouTube because they have little bots that go through and cancel cancel your view to you 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 went against our standards but for those on the radio you'll know i'm talking about i'm putting something up against my shoulder right 21 gauge how many people were worried that that was the mark i mean i answered that question a lot now could things like that be Leading to, you can't go anywhere unless you have this thing. Possibly. Yeah, I could see, I can see how things are going. You can't buy and sell. And I don't know how many of you caught that, but they were getting, LA County was getting pretty serious about this stuff. Can't come in our restaurant. Banks were counsel, counseling people. You know, Nick Vichuka? I don't know, probably, that's not a good last name. What is it, Vichuka? Lori, I knew you'd know. I could count. With no arms and legs? They said that his bank gave him 30 days to close his account. He can no longer bank with them. And I heard him and he was talking about he's starting his own bank. I wish they would. But see, why, what, you, no, now your bank's counseling you. And so we can see how the precursors are there. But it won't be, oops, I got this and now, I, now am I following Satan? No, it appears it's going to be a clear Lying in the sand. Listen, you need to go and, and do this in order to buy and sell. And we get to that next week. You need, you need to do this. And, and you need to give allegiance to you know, this, this person, this antichrist, this Satan. And by giving allegiance, you're letting the world know that you're marked. Now, again, next week. On, on, and that's how you know. It's a clear decision you're making. You know the cost. This is where you're going to separate a lot of the wheat from the chaff. I just a personal opinion. This could be part of the great falling way, because this is when you're going to see. Hey, we're, I thought these were Christians. Mm-mm. That's one good way. If you're not willing to give up your life for Christ, doesn't mean you're not going to fear. Doesn't mean you're not going to. You know, this is scary. Yeah, but Lord, it, but one of the one of the things you know for certain, if you're not willing to give up for your life for what you believe, what do you believe? Because that's a, that's a convenient Christianity. It works right now, you know? But when you're tested, that's when you're going to see what really a person is made of. Again, I don't, that doesn't mean it's going to be easy. That doesn't mean that genuine Christians might cave in. Um, I, I, I don't know. I don't want to be here again, right? I'm praying that I'm, we're out of here. But at the same time, we want to be prepared and that's been one of my biggest concerns is if we're not preparing people, what happens if they are confronted with this? Wait a minute. Shane said, we're, I won't see this. I, I, we're, is everything he told me wrong? 
Because that's, we start to challenge our, ourselves, don't we? And like, well, they, they believe this, and they told me this, and that's what happens when people come out of cults, is they start to really um, fear church again, and what people say, and to some degree, rightly so, because you want to use this term, but also, there's an element there of also trust, trusting the Word of God and what it says. So he was given great authority to continue, and he's, he's blaspheming God. He's blaspheming his name, his tabernacle. How do you blaspheme God's tabernacle? But do you know that's what's happening when they put up, you put up rainbow flags in the church or on the sign? Guys, I'm honestly, I'm not trying to be snarky. I'm not trying to be arrogant. I wish I didn't have to mention these things. I'm not trying to hurt people's feelings, but that's the truth. That is an abomination. That is blasphemy. I wouldn't even want to go in that church because you are sticking your fist in the face of God and saying this sexual sin, this sexual perverted sin is put up here and all are welcome. We are affirming. I don't care what God says. Get out. Get out. That's very dangerous. That's, that's blasphemy. If, that, if that's not blasphemy, I don't know what is. Let's just put it that way. You might as well stick up your middle finger at the cross. And again, I love people, and that's why I'm, I hope it jars people. I hope they hear on the radio, what, what did he say? What, because you've got to wake people out of their slumber. You've got you to wake them out of their slumber, I love talking to a Mormon. I'll, I'll jar them up. I'll say, either you, got, you put me in a predicament. Either Joseph Smith is right or Jesus Christ is right. You can't have them both. What did you just say? I'm going to bring back my bishop. Please do. Please do. You, you, you have to wake them up because you love someone. God rebuked passivity in the Bible. We know of Eli, that priest, that God rebuked because he wouldn't restrain his sons. Do you know Samuel did the same thing? He would not restrain his sons. And God gave him a king. Passivity, passivity. Another article, it just came out in the Washington Times today. You can find it on the number one problem in the conservative movement is we have the truth, but we have no love. Because I can say everything I just said, but if it's from an angry, bitter heart, how dare you, and my heart's wrong, I can hurt people. But if God breaks me and there's weeping, I, I love our nation, I love our children, I love the public schools, I love, I love libraries, <laughs> taking my daughter on dates there, but I'm not going to let a transgender, perverted man read to children and say nothing. You might as well just, put me, just take me out of the game. How can we walk around as cowards and say nothing? But shame, I'll act like Jesus. Yeah, I'm about ready to throw over a money changer in table two. Can you, can you imagine that? And listen, listen. Can you imagine if there's a, a man sexually provocative to children what he would do? He, there's nothing wrong with money changers in the temple. Did you know that? Research it. Nothing wrong with it. You have, actually have to have it to exchange the denarii or this or this coin or this coin for the, the sacrifice. But they were taking advantage of the people in God's house. I would, if, if there's a couple things in the Bible, parting the Red Sea, resurrection, <laughs> 
watching Jesus flip over some tables and make a whip? Let's just think this through. He, that takes a minute. Can you do it? I used to make, you know, you take three, three cords. Laura, you probably know with horsing. And you rope the cords and you get it and you get it and you get it. Maybe tie a knot. Get some, you know, things in. And, and boy, you got a nice little whip there. And he, because he couldn't physically hit them, which, but he could drive them out. Oh, what he say? Zeal for my father's house has consumed me. How much more should we say? Zeal for God's word has consumed me. He loves the little ones and he loves this and this perversion is pulling us down. Oh, it'd be better for you if you were not even born that were a millstone hung around your neck and cast into sea than to lead one of these little ones astray. Our, our silence speaks volumes. Don't be mean, don't be angry, don't be violent, but for the love of God, be bold and say, you are perverted, you will not hurt our children. If that offends you, good, good, good. I'm glad that offends you. We don't share it a lot, but people can, I'm never coming back to your church, pastor, you offended me. Well, is it, is it a good offense though? Let's talk about it. Is it a good offense? Because if it is, I'm glad I offended you. My God, I'm not playing games. I didn't come here to make friends. I didn't come here for all of you to say, well, that was so great. Everybody just loved it. Nobody's feelings were hurt. Because I read the prophets, they hurt my feelings. I just read in Hosea, they became an abomination like the thing they loved. I'm like, oh God. What is blasphemy? What is, what, they're going to blaspheme me, what is it? It's saying or doing things that insult God or Christ and offends His followers. In the United States, blasphemy used to be a criminal offense. Did you know that? I, I love this case. It's in my book, One Nation Above God. We've got free copies if you ever want any. In the People versus Rugals, 1811, I love this court case. The defendant was tried in court for making vulgar comments about Jesus and his mother. I can't say what he said. In public, he said this. The defendant's attorney, though, said, hey, <laughs> open shut case, just like today. There's nothing they can do based on freedom of speech. Well, the judge didn't agree because he understood the true intent of this First Amendment. The defendant was convicted, fined, and sentenced to three months in jail. Although foreign to our way of thinking, Judge Kent plainly stated, nothing could be more offensive to the virtuous part of the community or more in, in, uh, injurious, injuries, right, inflicting more injuries to the tender morals of the young than to declare such profanity lawful. That guy is bold. Basically, he's telling the person, you're in trouble. Freedom of speech? You're, you said these perversions about Jesus and you're, you're altering the conscience of the young kids and you're giving them this bad example? You misunderstood the intent of the First Amendment. The original intent of the First Amendment, here, you guys ready for the biggie here? <laughs> It's so you could speak the truth and not be hindered from the government. King George, 
they would go, you, you can't say anything against the king, King George III, I believe it was. You can't say anything against the king. It's, it's like nothing, right? It's like you can't say anything. So the First Amendment said, yes, you can share grievances about the government and what they're doing. Now they're trying to shut us down from that, but it's okay to promote child porn on Twitter and Facebook. That's free speech. Are you kidding me? It was never meant to injure other people. See, with freedom of speech comes moral responsibility. So although I have the freedom to say things, I have a moral responsibility to make sure that freedom doesn't hurt others. And our freedom of speech is out of control. So blasphemy. But the Bible also talks about blasphemy of the Holy Spirit. Have you heard that term? How many of you heard the term blasphemy of the Holy Spirit? Okay, I know there's more of you than that, but we'll go with that. I, 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 this would be a whole teaching on its own, but it's actually, if you read it in context, the religious leaders, Jesus was doing all these miracles, and the religious leaders said, that's not God, that's the devil. And Jesus goes on to say they're blaspheming the Holy Spirit. All other sins will be forgiven, but not the blasphemy of the Holy Spirit. So I'm going to unpack that for a minute because I think it's important. Number one, without a shadow of a doubt, it's attributing the work of God to Satan. Okay? This is my big beef against cessationism. And there's a Big conference coming up at a church here about an hour from us on sensationism. So I told one of the speakers this week, I said, you're walking a very dangerous line. You are calling, because of some clowns on YouTube, you're dismissing all of the fruit and work of the Holy Spirit. You're calling a genuine move of God satanic. course he never responded but isn't that true did you know what you just saw this morning did you know what you just saw this morning last night was incredible that every single one of those speakers would say that's not God that's emotionalism and demonic God helped them well I'm sure glad I don't believe that can you imagine that frigid, frozen state of Christianity? Don't get too excited. Don't go to the altar. Don't get emotional. John, three songs is enough. What are you, what are you, what are you doing this for? You can't. You can't. What are you doing this for? And, and he... Oh, see, he's getting emotional. He's trying to, he's trying to, he's trying to draw people in. These guys are modern-day Pharisees. Of course, they don't know anything about the Spirit of God moving in their lives. They're, never, they're blaspheming the Holy Spirit. Now, let's put that phrase in context. The reason it's not forgivable is these religious leaders that Jesus was addressing were not Christians. They didn't know God. They're on their way to hell. He's calling, wake up, child. It's your turn to shine. You born. It's your time to shine. You born for such a time.
You've been listening to Regaining Lost Ground with Pastor Shane Eidelman. You can find more information at westsidechristianfellowship.org. That's westsidechristianfellowship.org. And for all the latest on what God is doing with His ministry here, please be sure to follow us on most social media platforms. Westside Christian Fellowship is located 60 miles north of Los Angeles in Leona Valley, California. Thank you again for listening to today's message of Regaining Lost Ground, where we are reminded daily, times change, truth does not. Regaining Lost Ground is sponsored by the generous supporters of the ministries of Westside Christian Fellowship.